have wanted to share the gospel with people since I was little. I remember being 13. I was so shy when I was a kid in school. And um, just laying there, going to sleep. I was 13 or 14, holding my Bible, going to sleep, just daydreaming about getting to pe tell people about Jesus. I mean, I was so shy that wasn't going to happen. But, um, but that was my daydream. And um, I just loved Jesus from the time I got saved when I was five. And I was so in love with Jesus from that point on. And um, when I was uh, 14, I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I really didn't want it. I'd never heard of speaking in tongues. And I'm like, I really don't want that. But they said, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the power comes on you. And I said, okay, well, I'll do that if I have to, because I want that. And it changed my life. I was 15 when I received that. But it really changed my life. But uh, I really wanted to just share about what happened in China. And um, China has been on my heart for a long time. I have in my Bible, that's why I brought it. I'm not going to read out of it, but... Um, Fifteen years ago, I began to get prophecies that I was going to China and that I would be teaching and prophesying. And uh, 15 years, well, you guys are young. That seems like a long time. But I was thinking, I've been in Nepal and India and some other countries, but I thought, when is China going to happen? So this is the verse. It's Romans 10:14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can any anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the are the feet of those who preach good news and I've got China written on the side of that verse in my Bible from 15 years ago so um, when my husband decided he wanted the bucket list Great Wall of China <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do that, but I was kind of a little grieving because I'm thinking, okay, I'm going over there on a tour with a group of people that no, they weren't believers, uh, most of them, and um, I won't get to preach. I won't get to teach. You know, I'm just going to be seeing these things, but, you know, I, I dealt with that, and um, it was um, just kind of amazing how um, we got to, we flew to Beijing and then flew to Shanghai. And it just was God. I did begin to pray that God would put people in my path whose hearts were ready. And I, I pray that a lot. It's a good prayer. Because there are some who have been, who have been watered, who have had seeds and have been watered, and they're just ready to come. And so when you're on a trip like that, you need those people because you don't have a lot of time to make relationships. So... Um, I had an hour and a half in the plane between Beijing and Shanghai, and there was a young man that was 30 years old, and he began to talk to me about uh, what really was important in life. And so it, of course, just opened the door. I began to share what, what I think is important. He was saying, I don't know if I should try to get a house. I'm engaged and, and all these things. And I was saying, what's important is not a house. What's important is the people that you love in your life and the people that you have cared about. And from there, I began to share about um, like prison ministry and the children. And he just perked up and listened to that. And... Um, Within about an hour, he'd prayed to accept Christ. And it was, he was from Beijing. He was Chinese. And he was so excited. He was supposed to be studying for a test he was going to Shanghai to take. So I let him study for a little while. And then he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to ask you, what, what do I read in the Bible? You know, what books? What do I do? So I gave him a list of the books. And um, that was really precious because I'd just gotten to China. But... Um, uh, we got there for our tour, and um, 
I want to read this one too. He said, Mark 4.26. He also said that this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it, and because of the harvest, it is because the harvest has come. This young man's name was Alfonso, and he said he had a couple friends that had been sharing the gospel with him. And um, you can see how this was the kingdom. The ki they planted the seed, and others had watered, but. I just happened to be the one that came along and harvested that. And that was a blessing to me too because I said you go back to those friends and you get connected with, uh, with a group that will help you grow. So he said he would do that and um, that was encouraging to me because um, this is one question someone asked me about discipleship is about someone said well I'd hate to share some the gospel with someone and then not have the time to disciple them. And I said, that's not our problem. We have to trust the Holy Spirit. If they come to Christ, God, the Holy Spirit will continue to work in them. Hopefully we can disciple them because that's what we're to do is to make disciples. But you have to trust God because, you know, if you've ever read uh, 23 Minutes in Hell, has anybody read that? Yeah. Man, once you read that, you just like every person you pass, you think, oh my gosh, are they going to hell? So, um... I just love that verse because it says the seed sprouts and grows, and we don't even know how. So um, the next, we got to, to Shanghai, and uh, one day we had a free day, so one of the couples was Lutheran. They were Christians. And uh, we went to this garden, and uh, it started pouring rain. I was disappointed it was raining, but um, it forced us to go in this gift store there at the, gift, the garden. And this young man helped me. He was about 22. His name was Jesse. He helped me find some earrings. And um, I left, and we were the four of us leaving. And it was just pouring rain, and I thought, the Lord said, go back and bless him. I'm like, oh, these, this couple, we don't really know this couple. And do I want to go back in the rain and find this guy? But I did. I said, can you wait a little bit? And they were like, they asked David. David told me later, what is she doing over there? Because <laughs> I pulled this guy out of the store. And, and I said, Jesse, can I just bless you? And so I began to bless him and then began to prophesy some things the Lord was showing me. And as I was doing that, this woman came out of the store that he worked with. And she said, yes, that's true, that's true. She said, I'm a Christian and I've been praying for him. And so she came in the circle with me and I shared the gospel with him and he accepted Christ. And he was precious. Uh, you have to be there in the moment, but he just, he was holding my hands, looking in my eyes and just filling up with tears. And then he would just giggle and I would too. And then they'd fill up with tears and he was just, and then this other woman, we were all just laughing. It was just like the Holy Spirit bomb or something. <laughs> and that's when David said, this other couple were going, what in the world is she doing over there? Holding this guy's hands. But um, they thought it was cool since they were saved. But um, uh, we were talking about... Um, what keeps us from evangelizing? And I think fear is the big thing. I think fear of rejection, fear of what they're going to think. Um, 
And I think that that's one of the biggest problems. And Mark 4.40 says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And you know, the scripture says that we cannot please God without faith. And um, that's a pretty fearful thing to think about, an awesome thing to think about, that if we have fear and that we, that we don't have faith, that if we can't speak to someone about the one we love, the one we, our whole goal in life is to follow, then um, we've got to think about where we are and what we're doing in life. What, what's our goal in life? Um, I know sometimes I, I'm not, I haven't arrived, so I'm not, I'm there with you. I'm talking to myself too. Um, you know, going to the juvenile detention center, the kids are like 11 to 17. And somebody said one time, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. And it is, and it's awesome. So find all those barrels you can, because I have seen hundreds of kids come to Christ and have their lives transformed. But it also is a matter of taking the opportunity and using it, because the other woman that goes to the other group of girls in the jail, I don't think she's ever brought anyone to Christ. I've never heard her once say she's brought anyone to Christ. Um, she just doesn't have the boldness to ask them. And there's another guy that goes to the boys and he says, well, I just don't, I teach, but I don't ask if they want to accept Christ. I'm like, why are you there? That's the whole point. Get them, bring them to Jesus. Teaching them isn't going to help them. Hearing some words isn't going to help them. And not everybody's ready, absolutely. There was um, one girl I was preaching the gospel or sharing the gospel with on the airplane. She was the stewardess. And um, it's a 14-hour flight, so I was up and down, walking back and forth, and went to the back of the plane, and she was um, looking very depressed. So I just started talking. She was a little bitty girl. She must have not been over 21. But it turns out her boyfriend had just broken up with her the day before, and she said she'd been crying. She could barely come to work. And so um, her name was, she'd taken the American name Christina. So, perfect lead-in. I said, do you know what it means? And she said, no. I said, it means follower of Christ. So, um, at, at just at that point, another stewardess walked up, so I got to talk to both of them about Jesus. And I got to pray with them, and I blessed them. They weren't ready, and that's okay. It's like Mark 4:26. the seed is planted. In fact, the other girl that walked up, her name was Wang, and she said, well, I had an English teacher in college, and she shared the gospel with me, but she said, I'm one of those seeds that falls on the wayside. That, that doesn't grow. And I said, no, you're not. I said, there's, not, there's a reason that I'm here standing here talking to you. And God is still dealing with you and, and working with you. So she received it. And I noticed she said, you know how they sit right across from you when you're up by the exit seat. And I watched her and she looked very deep in thought. So those are ones that, you know, we planted, I planted a seed, but I'm believing it's going to grow. But um, one thing that was really special to me is there have been many times when I've been praying for China where I start speaking in tongues kind of like Chinese and I've almost been transported there in fact I have been kind of and there are people I knew I was praying for so when we got down off the Great Wall of China there was a little pagoda and there was just a little family over there and so we walked over there, and uh, David said, where are you going? Why are you going over there? And I said, well, let's just, I don't know, let's just go rest. So this family, they try, tried to talk to us in Chinese. Of course, I didn't understand. And um, their son came later. He spoke English. 
And he said, can I take a picture of my family with you? They did that all the time. The people that are from rural areas have never seen foreigners. So to them, it's a big deal. They'll come and put their arm around you like you're the best friend and get a picture with you. <laughs> it, was, it was, we all felt like celebrities. But um, anyway, so they took our picture. And as we were starting to leave, uh, his name was Jesse too. He said, do you know Jesus? And I said, yes, I know Jesus. Are you a Christian? He's like, oh, yes, yes. And he went and told his mother and she came and she just grabbed me and she just held on to me and she started crying. And so we all started crying. And I said, I pray for China. And she said, I pray for America. Well, through the translation, she didn't speak English. And I asked him how she came to know Jesus. And he said, when she was 18, she uh, was dying of cancer. There was nothing Things they could do to help her. And um, I got the impression it was an American doctor was taking care of her, prayed for her, and she was healed. And she came to Jesus, and so she was the first in her village to come to Jesus. And now, he said their whole family was, and she was the worship director in their little home church thing. So um, we held on to each other for a long time, and it was like... It was like I prayed for her, and I think she felt the same thing. And... Um, it was just like a blessing from God. It was like a kiss from, from Jesus. That was so precious. One thing, another thing that I thought I'd forgot about, in fact, but it was interesting. When I was in high school, um, I'm from Tulsa, and they had the worst riot, race riots in the country. And um, you heard of it, huh? <laughs> Not many people have. Hundreds and hundreds were killed and just thrown in a mass grave. Um, it's been a while, but we were the last to integrate, and they asked for volunteers, and very few people were willing to volunteer to go to Booker T. Washington, but the Lord told me to do that, and so um, my mom was freaked out, but <laughs> I did that and started a Bible study there in the high school, and um, everybody else that had come to the high school, uh, the white people, um, had come there to do drugs. In fact, our teachers were all did drugs. When we took a break at lunch or whatever, they were all smoking marijuana and shooting up. Teachers and everybody. <laughs> yeah, so um, I Lord led me to fast for 10 days uh, and just for salvations. And the first one was sa that was saved was a girl named Dana. And um, you know, I hadn't heard from her since then. So there was a girl on the tour. She was in medical school in Tulsa. And um, somehow we got to talking, and it turns out that Dana's the one that talked her into coming to the medical school in Tulsa. And she, I said, well, how is she doing? And she said, well, she's retired. She's just doing missions. I'm like, yes! She's still a Christian. It was just a blessing to me that, to see that, because you never know. I'm, I'm on Facebook with some of those people from that day that did get saved during that time, and you're like, where are they now? But here she is doing missions, and I was just very thrilled with that. And that was, you find out about it in China. <laughs> but... Um, I guess the, the last story I wanted to tell you was my big desire was to go to the underground church. You all have seen Finger of God, and you see them just worshiping, and it's just so amazing. And so um, Suzanne Ridner put me in touch with someone who, um, he couldn't do it, so he put me in touch with someone else. He couldn't do it, so he put me in touch with a Chinese brother, and um, he had set up a whole day, so David and I went with him, and uh, 
took us to two different schools where I taught English and really basically just shared. They were Christian schools, so I just talked about, you know, Jesus. But um, I could tell through the day that there was no connection with him. And I started talking to him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he was like totally not open to it. I'm like, huh, this is strange, you know. And so um, the driver we had in the afternoon picked us up. He didn't speak English, but this guy, Dennis, had lived with him for a couple years, had known him for three years. And uh, we w he asked us to come to his house for dinner, which I thought was strange. He was the taxi driver, but this guy, Dennis, knew him. So we went to his house for dinner. They didn't speak English, except the little girl did. And um, we just had dinner with him. I thought it was so sweet of him to cook dinner for us. And then we went to this underground church. Well, we walk in, and the couple that are leading it are probably 30 from Texas, oh. Dallas, Texas, DBU. <laughs> so I realize I'm in a Baptist Bible study. <laughs> And I had to readjust my thinking for a minute and um, was able to share with them and really enjoyed it. And they asked me to please come back. They said, me, please move to China. But um, that was really sweet. But the guy, the taxi driver, picked us up after the Bible study. And I had asked Dennis, you know, is he saved? I assumed he was a Christian brother. And he said, no, I've been sharing the gospel with him for three years. And he's just not interested. And um, so... Um, when we got back to the hotel and we got out of the car, this guy's name was Chun, and um, I just walked around and grabbed his hands and I said, can I bless you? So Dennis translated and I just started blessing him in Jesus' name and I, I touched him here. I said, you need Jesus in your heart. But when I grabbed his hands, the power of God was so powerful that we both about fell over. And this guy was just, yes, yes, I need Jesus. <laughs> And so he prayed and asked Jesus into his heart. And it was so powerful that this guy was just holding, I know. He was squeezing my hand so hard that I thought they were going to fall off. And he wouldn't let go of me. And he kept saying, please come back, please come back. <laughs> and um, the thing I really was hoping is that Dennis would see the difference that the Holy Spirit made. Because um, I felt like they were so cheated. The Chinese people in this Bible study were so hungry for Jesus. Oh my goodness, their eyes were just, when they, after I'd started talking a little while, they just started asking me questions and were just like hanging on every word and just I could see they wanted it uh, the majority of them and I thought it was so it's so unfair that they're not being allowed to come into the Holy Spirit so my real prayer is that Dennis will see the difference he's been sharing the gospel with this guy for three years and yes I know it's a seed and being watered but I think that the whole difference was releasing the Holy Spirit to this guy and that's one of the things I use for evangelism is that if somebody doesn't want to receive Christ um, Charles knows about this one but because um, I went with a friend of ours uh, to Nepal and I met a woman on the street and she asked me she could speak English so she asked me if I'd come see her orphanage she just started it she was Hindu and um, uh, so I asked if I could pray for the kids she said oh no no uh, she didn't want to hear about the gospel. I said, can I just bless them? And when I did, I released the Holy Spirit. I asked the Holy Spirit to come. And all of a sudden, she changed. 
And she then was able to hear the gospel. She listened to it. And she wound up accepting Christ and letting me share the gospel with the orphans and praying with them to accept Christ. But before that point, before the Holy Spirit was released, she didn't want anything to do with, with any of it. Now, she'd heard the gospel because she had a sister-in-law that was a Christian. But until the Holy Spirit... You know, we can't come to Christ without the Holy Spirit. So until that Holy Spirit's released, I think it's um, it's a very dry thing. Uh, one time I was at a conference and there was a man who's been in China ministering for like, I don't know, 40 years, 50 years, you know. And he said that um, the denominations that are going in, he said, please pray that they don't go in. Because of their, he said everywhere they go in, every place they go, they're shutting down the move of God. Because when you shut down the Holy Spirit, you, you've shut down so much of what Christ came to do. I mean, he couldn't wait to go back to heaven so he could release the Holy Spirit. And it's so important. Um, if you know me at all, you know <laughs> I want people saved and filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues.